0: Welcome to We Gotta Talk, a live weekly talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. From health to relationships to alternative lifestyles and more, the one thing you will always get is a deep dive. I'm Sunny, a 15-year veteran of TV News, freelance writer, blogger, mom of three, and wife. But most of all, I'm just a die hard over sharer. Someone who's genuinely curious about, well, everything around me. And I can't wait for you to join in on these conversations that I promise will impact, inspire, and entertain you. Now, let's talk. I have to introduce you because you are i like keep could keep talking and talking Hi. but i hit record because we were um we were reminiscing <laughs> about the old days without firmly introducing you guys um as you heard in the intro i've carson woods on today i'm calling you an nft expert but i don't want to call you just that tell us your official title and what you're currently involved in so you can give everybody a good idea of what you do
1: okay my official title well honestly as of today you're the first person to know this i am the Chief Experience Officer at an emerging digital art marketplace called 888 The New World. Um, I'm also a co-founder and partner at a crypto media incubator called Triptych, and I'm a consultant for like NFT strategy and awesomeness and i also call myself a blockchain baddie
0: oh my god there are so many words in there carson we're gonna break it down you guys listen i promise in this episode we're gonna take it to 101 status because that yeah. is where i am when it comes to discussions on crypto and nfts and what is the blockchain and all this yeah. stuff so carson has agreed even though she is. Obviously very experienced in this area to kind of dial it down for us because chances are these are phrases you've been hearing on podcasts or seeing on social a ton lately and people are all curious about what this world is all about so just tell us quickly what a chief experience officer will do because carson i feel like that's sort of innately tied in with what nfts are and what that virtual world yeah is. totally
1: so this is a new c-suite title and really i've only seen um adobe really adopt this but essentially my responsibility is to kind of hold the space for the brand experience internally and externally so um community is is really big right now um a lot of people are hiring for heads of community and there's a lot of, of conversation that's happening virtually and that's where that that community space is and the chief experience officer is just one step above to say that you know, community is not this like top down approach where the brand or the company sits here and then everybody else is underneath. It's really intended, I think, to be linear. And it means like being able to run the line between, you know, top collectors in in this case and in digital art and um, investors and companies, as well as people who are in Discord and Telegram chats and people who are DMing and tweeting and all of that.
0: So much I don't know. Okay, let's start at the very beginning. <laughs> NFTs. I do know it stands for a non-fungible token. And I had to look up to confirm the definition of fungible. So let me just make this easy for everyone because everybody's throwing that and even I was like, okay, well, what what does fungible mean? Oh, it yeah. means exchangeable okay. for something of a similar value, right? Yeah. So
1: like so. one dollar is like, you know, however many euros or pounds, or like that's a fungible exchange.
0: Because it's seen, although the units aren't the same, it's seen as an equal amount um, within a sort of system, right? Exactly. Like, a, like a predetermined system. Okay, so what are NFTs then? So,
1: and this is such a good question. I have to say for anybody that's like, Don't check out because I'll like expose myself and say, I don't know what ATM means, but I still like walk up to one and put my card in and get money out. So it's okay. Um, I think what we have to kind of talk about is that an NFT is not really a what it's a how. So it's essentially just, you know, it's it's pointing to an address on the blockchain and the blockchain is like in the most simplified terms, a, a system of computers or like a data system. Um, But the NFT points to an address of a contract and that contract backs a digital asset. So the same way if we're going to buy like a car or buy a house, we'll go to the bank or go to the dealership and we'll sign a contract and they'll store it in their system. However, they they want to you know, manage their data and it shows the transfer of ownership or you know, the intention of transfer for ownership. If you have a mortgage, an NFT is just pointing to the location of the contract for the exchange or sale of the digital good.
0: Okay, so let's talk about what these digital goods are too. So that was a good explanation. Blockchain, in my mind, I just see it as, I mean, it's like another version, of like a step above the internet. I don't know, it's like, it is, yeah. is, it, is it the internet or is it just an elevated version? Is it like web 2.0? What is that? Because I feel like for people to understand where an NFT falls, they have to understand what, that, what the blockchain is first.
1: Well, the blockchain is a, it's a decentralized data system. So centralized in like, this is kind of a key philosophy behind like crypto and the metaverse, but you know, a centralized system means that if you go to Starbucks to buy a coffee You're going to insert your debit card and the the starbucks barista is going to use her system to communicate with the bank and the bank's going to say yes sunny has that money so that's a centralized like one person one corporation or institution that confirms that where the blockchain in in this like example that i'll explain for cryptocurrencies is is if i own the coffee shop and you come to me to buy it and you're going to use a cryptocurrency which is hosted on the blockchain I'm going to go to I'm going to say, okay. does Sonny have the money for this? And I'll ask your best friend, does Sonny have the money for this? I'll ask your husband, does Sonny have the money for this? I'll ask people in your network. And those are the same as the nodes on the blockchain computer system. So once everybody confirms there, I'm like, okay, you're good, because it's not just me or you determining what the like power is and what the answer is but it's the entire system that is decentralized. Is, is not- it like a
0: dem- that makes a lot of sense but what it sounds like to me is it's like a democratized market that everybody has to sign off on something having value which to me I guess from the cynical approach feels like a lot more work than just having one spot to check off to confirm that I have the money for my flat, white, blonde.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is. Yes, exactly. It's a it's an open ledger. It's a it's a transaction. It's an open transaction ledger. and It is more work, but the benefits of it are, I think, a lot more beneficial because we all get to like kind of change the way we um, we trust and we like hold each other accountable and that we confirm these things. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's really we've kind of just accepted the fact that, like, we're gonna put all of our money, everything that we've ever worked for, our livelihood, like our means for survival, in the hands of one corporation or institution, where we don't know what really the decisions are that are being made behind closed doors. Like we don't know, you know, something could happen, and and we just trust that we log on to our little, you know, bank Wells Fargo app, and it says you have the money in there, and we're like, okay, good, go about my life, but you know, there's, you know, a time in your life, I think, where you're, you might say, like, is this like, do I really trust them? Like, I've worked really hard for this. I don't know what I would do without this. Like, Mm -hmm. let me let me see what other ways exist in the world where I can kind of store my money and know that it's safe and protected.
0: Okay, so this is making more sense. It's Like I said, I keep coming back to this word, but democratized or there's more participation, there's more voices rather than, like you said, just the one bank or the one financial institution. So I think the question for a lot of people becomes what application right now do these NFTs have and looking forward I guess this is a question we'll inevitably get to, but will this be the way we transact not only goods, but also services? Because it's not only introducing a, a whole new concept, it's introducing a whole new way for us to interact with each other and be connected. Totally. You yeah. know, there probably are some people who are like, you know, I'm good just relying on SunTrust. or yeah. whatever. But, um, but so yeah, tell us practically how it looks right now. NFTs and what totally. they're being used for. Totally. So I
1: think, probably what people are seeing most frequently right now is that um, NFTs are, are backing um, digital art. And a lot of artists who are, you know, who have relied on social media platforms and these kind of very visual um, technology or applications to sell or, or promote their artwork, they're finding that they've, there's been this long and, and honestly well documented history of having their work stolen. So instead of selling it, um, you know, by just po- making a post on Instagram or or putting it on your e-commerce store, and somebody can, really actually can right click and save, which is one of like the NFT arguments. Um, you actually get to you get to mint it on the blockchain, and that creates like the verification that this exists you created it and you get to sell it and and we will see who that ownership goes to based on their wallet address their like blockchain wallet address so that's the application right now but we also just saw that you know tech crunch group just sold an apartment uh, like with an nft backing it so that apartment when it then resells it'll transition ownership on the blockchain
0: Okay, so let's talk about that. So the first example you gave, just to rewind, because I I did as much research as I could. I listened to podcasts and spoke to friends who are familiar with this to try to get an idea. And the first example you gave of artists using this, so this is digital art. And I think what you are saying is like, you know, people steal um, these properties by screenshotting them or right-clicking and saving when in reality that is to them their good or service that they need to make money off of. So what you're saying is these NFTs are ways of holding people accountable for actually purchasing that like online art or whatever it is wow, and making it, n- you know, not stealing it. Although you can still technically do that if yeah. you're a bad person, I guess, but sure. when you buy that, you own the original version of sorts and it's recorded on the blockchain. So yes. it's almost like, I mean, it is like a regular piece of art if you're at Sotheby's or something and you're at an auction. And,
1: exactly, yeah. definitely, yeah. And people can—people are using it to back physical art pieces as well, which
0: is really
1: interesting too.
0: When you say back, what do you mean by that? Like they're using it to, be, to back an apartment or art?
1: Yeah, like I guess that's kind of, i am I'm kind of dumbing it down, but really it's just like, Confirming like the sale or confirming the ownership. Just like, you know, if you, when you buy a car, you need a title. Or I think even, you know, another example that I use, and I don't know if you've ever bought from like StockX or the Real Real or something, you get, you get a, you know, somebody sends in their luxury or, you know, like hype item or t- like clothing piece, sneaker, bag, whatever. And StockX or the Real Real will inspect it. And when they send it to the purchaser for StockX, it comes with that little green medallion. You know, for the Real Real, it comes in like with their confirmation, their like certificate. Essentially, it's the same kind of thing. Like it's the same. By like the NFT is that little StockX chip or that Real Real certification, and that's just it's just a tech. It's just a tech behind it. So it's it's really interesting. I think to think about where we're already seeing this happening.
0: In the case of where it was used to buy the apartment, how does that work? And are people getting the person that's selling this apartment, are they getting just like a bunch of like crypto money? I mean, like, I'm so confused.
1: Essentially they're just, they're the owner of that apartment and that ownership is is lives forever on the blockchain. So when they want to sell it and I I mean they certainly bought it with with ethereum or crypto another cryptocurrency but they are you like they used that kind of exchange and documented it on the blockchain via an nft which
0: is crazy. Wow. So does it have to does it have to then follow the traditional methods of um, you know, transactional record for regular house purchases? Or can it exist because both people agreed that this was the exchange system that they were using that it only exists there? Like, yeah, we're, we're, so it's just there. It's not I like think it. Oh, you know, so.
1: yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that that's how it is. And, and it's also cool, because you'll be able to see Like on Zillow, you can look at, you know, price check records and you want to buy a house. And you can also do the same on like like Kelly Blue Book or Carfax. If you want to buy a used car, you can look up the VIN number and it will show you like, oh, this was in an accident this time. But, you know, what if somebody didn't report something? Like, what if somebody is not really, like, actually, like, being honest about, you know, a car getting into an accident? Like, you don't, there are certain things that are happening where you don't actually know if that's the true value. But when you're selling something on the blockchain, it's an open ledger. So you can see, instead of me saying, like, Sunny, I'm going to sell you, like, my gucci sunglasses i i actually bought them for 400 so i'm giving you a good deal for 300 i could have bought them for 75 dollars on canal street and you don't know that like i could be scamming you but if i had that you know if there was those were wearable goods or that, that had like a if that had an nft behind it and i think it gets interesting i'm curious to see how fashion picks this up but you know if you were able to say like okay well let me see the let me check the token address of that and see, like, no, you did not buy that for for $400. Like, you bought that for $75. So that's kind of where we're holding each other accountable on the blockchain, that it's all public information.
0: Oh, my gosh. This is blowing my mind right now. Okay. So it is very, it is very open record. It's very open system. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's holding people accountable, I think. Okay, so now that we have the language down, how do you anticipate this exchange system or this, this way of trading goods and services to change the world? I, I keep seeing lots of social causes really tied in with, um, with crypto and with this whole exchange system. So how is it going to change things?
1: So it's such a good question. And there's so many like, you know, crypto is like this umbrella and there's so or it's a tree and there's so many branches to it. And and there's so much that we can do. But, you know, for for me, I think one of the core kind of values in um, in crypto and in the metaverse when it comes to cryptocurrency, when it comes to NFTs, is this um, opportunity for self-sovereignty and. What self sovereignty is is just it's denouncing that a system has power over you, and we're seeing that there's so many people right now that are being you know subjected to oppressive power systems, and it, you know in our everyday lives, like we as as activists or as like community members and participants, we are doing our part. I hope to kind of dismantle or or denounce those power systems in like our physical human experience but we all really already have a digital avatar a digital identity and that identity is is in our phones it's you know you and i communicating right now it's your podcast it's it's our social media channels that digital identity does not have sovereignty right now because it's owned and controlled by you know spotify or facebook or you know whatever it is so for me I think these like kind of core tenets in what we're experiencing out in the world and like our physical human bodies, people just haven't realized how that's actually translating. And we're being subjected to that through our digital identities as well.
0: So is this a way then for people to like, what it, the idea like to make money off of their digital presences or to own it more? You're right. Because we are putting these, Um, what's the word I'm looking for, intangible little value bits out every day? You know, like you said, whether it's your podcast or through, even how you show up on your Instagram for entertainment value, people are putting little bits of themselves into the world. So is the goal to make that monetizable or is the goal to have ownership over that as the creator of that digital avatar? Like what is the end goal and how that all ties in? I think it's every,
1: I mean, it's, it's anything really. Like that's why I'm so obsessed and like passionate about the blockchain because I think it's like, this it's it's like an open like sand like sandbox and playgrounds like people can get in there and innovate in in such unique ways so yes there is like an opportunity to monetize and I from the space of like working in you know crypto art and and digital art and nfts like I'm seeing people's lives change like one of my best friends was a teacher an art like an art teacher and in Literally two months, he made his entire salary just by s- selling NFTs, and he was like, uh, like it, it, that was his dream. Like, what, was, what NFTs did he
0: sell? Like, I'm dying right
1: now. How can I make? Making- <laughs> <laughs> well, he's an artist, and he had been creating art all the time, and and he just started to like list them on OpenSea. And and honestly, like, it's so funny because uh, Clubhouse really like became this petri dish for for this community to build and that's really how how i got kind of my my moment too because people, you know, I'm, I'm from Vermont. I don't know if, if we touched on that, but I, I, I lived in Vermont my entire life up until three months ago when I moved to LA on April 1st. And and I wasn't really, because I was working in the like 3D space and working at uh, basically a, a startup animation studio, my friends and peers that I grew up with, I, I didn't ever get to talk to anybody about the things that were interesting to me. So, and I think we were coming down, like the the vaccine was just starting to roll out, but people were, were finally talking to each other. Like we were using our voices to like communicate. And then one person posted something about an NFT and people started jumping in and, and building their community and identifying collectors that were also artists. So it's just this amazing, like there's just been this amazing shift and people are are, i think artists are are changing the world like artists are defining like this new digital future and it's going to be so beautiful and and i think i just to like circle back to close out like jonathan's story is incredible because in the same way of mine like he thought he was in his career path and was doing what he loved and i also felt that way when i worked at super plastic but when you see that your life can change just by like having conversations with people about something new and, and then monetizing that, like everything changes. Like you feel like your whole world's like cracked open and that's how I feel right now. And I think that's the true future. Like we can monetize. Yes. We'll be able to monetize our content, monetize our digital identities if we want, but really like, we'll be able to feel safe like using the Internet and and participating in technology and these softwares that were built to enhance our our lives. But they're owned and operated right now by institutions and
0: instead of by the people in the blockchain world. Do regular Internet providers exist? Does this replace down the line any and every company that we've used to connect digitally and if so what is the physical infrastructure for that because all these companies that you're mentioning which do obviously have monopoly over this over this industry um they still exist physically somewhere they still have the infrastructure so is is blockchain down the line the only thing and where does it live how does it work that's a good question
1: <laughs> um i i don't think it replaced i don't necessarily think it's going to replace like we're not gonna have a world where we also like engage and exist on social media. But I think we're going to find that it's just, you know, web 3.0. Like we went from Mm -hmm. dial up in 001100 to like high speed internet to like 5G and just thinking about the capabilities of like how our, our lives have been improved. And, you know, it's, for me, there's like this, kind of more empathetic, like connection to it because my mom, she um, she's the disability specialist for the state of Vermont, but she used to be the head of special education at a rural um, Vermont school system. And she actually was part of a grant program that brought iPads to her students. And I like at 16 or 17 years old, and you know, would, when I borrowed the car and would go pick her up from work, like she, I, I would watch how her students were able to like engage in these practices that i was doing regularly like p- like picking on their friends or flirting with a cute girl but they 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 were students and people who this was their they, they didn't have any you know mobility skills or motor skills like the, they had disabilities so they were using technology to communicate and engage with each other and build community, and like that kind of is always like I'm like emotional. I like love my mom so much. <laughs> she's Aww. it's so cool, but like yeah. she's you
0: she's awesome. amazing work.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm like oh my god. <laughs> but wow. I think for me, like I've seen how technology like change, like it really improves people's lives. Not just me being able to like, you know, post something or, or take a picture of my friends or capture a memory or check my bank account quickly or whatever, but like really change people's lives. And now I'm seeing it again with people who are are changing their lives because they're creating new revenue streams and, and they're, they're able to quit a job that they maybe love, or maybe that they hate and, and make money doing something that they love.
0: Here's another practical question for you. And using your friend as the example who is an artist and who's been able to monetize some of his his original works. Where what is the connection point between what he makes on the NFT side and the bank that actually pays him the real money? Is, is it or is he getting like crypto money? Like he is how staying, is he actually
1: Yeah, he's being paid in Ethereum? Like he's, Okay.
0: And yeah. how does that like I'm still new on this stuff too? So what is the does it stay in Ethereum, or and and he uses that only for transactions that are within that system, or can I and mean, he can cash out and just go he back can to cash it, right? out? There's basically
1: like Coinbase or um, there's a couple different wallets that people use, but you can like off-ramp or you can transfer mm-hmm. it to your bank account the same way if i like venmo'd you for a coffee my venmo like or your are that money that i send you can stay in your venmo account or and then you can use that to yeah. transact or you can transfer it back to your bank account and the only difference is that that is um you know always going to be that same amount minus fees like if it's mm-hmm. six dollars for a coffee you'll have six dollars in your account but Because um, Ethereum or Bitcoin, other cryptocurrencies are part of this like market, which just to preface, like this is not my area of expertise, but they are, you know, they are rising and falling all the time. So you might, you know, what what is worth like three thousand dollars today could be worth twenty two hundred dollars tomorrow in dollars or fiat.
0: Do you feel there will be a world down the line where the dollar, the pound, the whatever you know um, form of money is is non-existent, and the entire world is on this democratized platform of crypto? Or will, will we will the old world have to learn to play with the new world and keep this sort of exchange system that you just described, where they're they're related but still discrete?
1: I don't know. I feel like it depends on on people and it depends on the federal reserve. Like it's gonna depend on what, how our expectations change and you know, what we, like we kind of all just, there was a time where people were using gold and gold and silver and like these kind of precious, I don't know, was that a gem, whatever, but metals. And that was the value. And then somebody was like, actually we're gonna use paper and paper is going to represent that and i imagine there were some people at that time that were like no that's crazy like we're not going to do that and then from there the banks were like no we're actually going to give you like a little plot like we're going to give you a book with a piece of paper that you can write your own amount of dollars on and we were like okay and then cards and now this like it's kind of like collective consciousness and adoption but for the first time we're seeing Crypto cryptocurrency is not like kind of we're not being told that we have to adopt this by like a a government or a privatized system. We just get to choose. And I think like retailers are going to get to choose and people are going to get to choose. And eventually, I mean, why would you use something like like a U.S. dollar? That's where I'm like, who's doing like, how do what is how does this even work for me? Like, I I get it, because that's how I grew up. But I think for me, it's easier to, to think about how, yeah, I want to use a currency that like, I know that that's my money. I know that I have access to it. I know I can do whatever I want with it, because it exists like on this, this decentralized network. I don't know. But maybe like let's put this in a time capsule and
0: find out. (laughs) I mean, I I just feel like there is like, if I were on wall street or if I were a banker, I'd be scared right now because what I'm seeing from a complete outsider's perspective is even though I'm not familiar with this world, there's just the pop culture is is on its side that, common conversation is on the side of technology and what can we do different? And how can we, like you said, uh, make this more democratized or decentralized? And I would be a little bit scared because I feel like once the wheels on the train start turning, there's really no going back. I mean, well, we, I don't know. That's just, and when you also have the benefit of, um, you know, you have the hype of all of these big artists and, you know, you're talking about all these people who who are using that and validating that system. Now it just seems like we can't go back.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, my answer to that is like, these systems should be scared. Like they've been, you know, oppressive and they have have marginalized people and they have they have continued to, like, sustain these power systems that are built on, like, keeping people down. And like, that's a problem. And I think, you know, that really the root of that for me, like my kind of passion behind it is that I I was a women's and gender studies major but I I have seen like and I've studied how patriarchal power systems were built and they are built to be sustained and that that sustainability relies directly on the continued oppression of you know people of color of women of people that are not from that that group that built the system and to me that is like yeah you should be scared like we're look at what's been look at what has been happening in our world it's like over and over again, like we're seeing that there's not, people are not holding these systems accountable. And finally, like, we're turning a corner for you know like policing institutions, and we're we're gonna soon turn a corner for financial institutions. Like there's so there's so much opportunity to become like I keep saying like we're everybody's gonna get crypto rich. Like let's do it. Like there's so much opportunity there, and you know wealth distribution has been so um, unfair.
0: Just so unfair. yeah, yeah. What I'm hearing you saying is is when people decide collectively that something has value or that something has worth, that's that's the whole idea behind this. To, to someone that, and tell me if I'm wrong here, to someone learning what the system is about or struggling to understand what value in the real world crypto has or how blockchain impacts their lives. It's exactly what you said. It's when a group of people decide, okay, you know what, we're gonna, the majority of us are gonna decide this has worth and we're gonna interact in this world and exchange in this way and we're going to tell each other has worth. And we're going to see real life benefit from using this as a currency. It, that's what makes it have value, which is just the, the yeah. simplest, but the most complex thing for people to grasp. But am I, am I getting that right?
1: Yes. And you, that you just defined what non-fungible really means. Like that is exactly what it is. Like you and I are going to like lock arms and say, like, this is valuable to us. And this is how we're gonna go out and tell our friends that this is valuable to us. And then they're gonna tell their friends like, and when we all get to determine what that value is, then like we have the power, like that's non-fungible. Like we're not going to accept that, you know, a system is gonna say, here's a piece of paper. This equals a hundred dollars. That's the value of it. Like Mm -hmm. we're saying like, no, I would never, I'm (laughs) not crypto rich yet. (laughs) We're not going to rip the dollar bills yet. We're no, just going to push them inside. Trevor, sorry. Don't, please don't come for me. I'm like looking through <laughs> my windows. <laughs> but I think, you know, there is, there is a moment and like, I keep having to like really remind myself and it's really humbling. And sometimes it's, it can be disheartening, but like conversations like this means so much to me because like, I'm early, you're early. Like you're early having this conversation. Like you're you're anybody that listens to this is gonna be early. Like we're it's crazy for me because I'm in a like, you know, a lot of people say, all oh, right, NFT's a bubble or NFT's a bubble. Well, they're not a bubble, but there's certainly the movement that's happening inside what feels like an echo chamber because I'm attaching myself and gravitating toward people that I can have these conversations with and what I need to be doing more of which I'm so glad we're doing this right now is have conversations with people that are not already talking about it just to plant the seed it doesn't have to be today or tomorrow but like there will I do believe in this. And really, I do believe that it comes down to like protecting and uh, protecting our digital identities and protecting our future, our digital future and having the same amount of self-sovereignty that we have
0: to act with free will in our human bodies, too. Oh, my gosh, that makes so much sense. and That resonates. Yeah. You really have to tell people why they need to understand it, because, frankly, were I not approached with the opportunity to interview you, I would have never gone down this rabbit hole. Because to me, and people separate themselves from what they're uncomfortable with because they think I'm not a money person, I'm not a tech person. Yeah. I, don't to, I don't want to but what you're doing in the way you're explaining this, and and I again correct me if I'm wrong, is just explaining how this has real world impact yeah. due to our attention on it alone and our participation in it. It's like you feed it, you feed the monster and it it gets stronger and and more real. I mean, it's like having to convince people, this may be a clumsy analogy and I'm certain there are going to be a lot of history buffs who completely reject this, but you know, when the American revolution, like convincing people they need freedom from a monarchy or convincing people they need a democratized system. Like we didn't get to where we are because we were like, you know what? I agree with this old system. Um, It's a different type of, analogy but you know it's the same kind of thing where it word spreads among people and it's person to person and it's interactions and it's tying it with social causes and telling people why they should care i feel like which made me understand and care more
1: totally you know there's something that clicked for me um i was thinking about how somebody was like well you know why can't i just right click and save like i don't need to like buy this digital art piece and it's like okay true but I remember a time where like people started to have blackberries and it was kind of like this, this like hot subject where you're like, Oh my God, you have a blackberry? Like, and, and that was the conversation between me and my friends. But I remember the conversations like among like my parents and their friends were like, why do I need a computer in my pocket? Like (laughs) I just got a computer at home. Like, why would I like, why do I have to do that? And then, you know, this is like, Apple did something really interesting where they kind of rebranded and reintroduced like the iPhone, the smartphone in general as this like high fashion accessory. Mm-hmm. And then it became like this this collective kind of like adoption and it became a piece of pop culture, yeah. which is why and I feel that there's so many there's so many parallels. Like it gives me chills that you know people's people's argument of like well why can't i just right click and save or why would i want to have a piece of artwork like on my phone or on my computer well you know let's just see like but look at how people in pop culture are you know adopting this technology to release content to release their media to release their art like it's really it's no surprise that the kind of entertainment industry is picking up on this first and like we're Mm -hmm. seeing a lot of musicians get into it and, and digital artists. But I really feel like there's going to be this like pragmatic shift once people see like a way, this is presented to them in a way that is really easy to digest the same way that, you know, seeing an iPhone marketed to you as like something that was like sleek and cool and hot and like an accessory made it easier to be like okay maybe i do want a computer in my
0: pocket yeah, and now exactly make it sexy without
1: mm-hmm.
0: it yeah tell me why i need it and make it a little sexy too so say you're a person in the content creation space whether you're an artist or a musician you're creating things that are intangible how would someone who's in that space begin to tap into the power of nfts
1: oh there's so many ways i think you know you can like i envision a, a world where you know there's these these platforms like patreon or like even only fans and like i'm a like very serious feminist and like i feel that a lot of people who are who are content creators and whatever that you know whatever their messaging is or whatever their branding is like your content is still owned by that platform and you can, there are spaces and, and there are marketplaces right now that are saying like, no, 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 like you can own your content, like put it up, put it up, like set it somewhere on the blockchain, like get mint it, create an NFT. And we're just going to take a percent because they're just like doing the transaction or whatever, but that's your content. Like you truly own that piece of your identity. And I feel like that's where the benefit is. So. People can still like post their artwork, and they they kind of have less of a fear because other people who get it are going to go to their you know OpenSea or to Rarible or these different I'm I'm dropping names of like marketplaces where people are buying and ex- and selling digital goods and and crypto art, but. I think just as a creator, it's really understanding that, like, you're not just giving a cut to these platforms, but you're actually giving them ownership and control over your your identity, your digital identity, your career, essentially.
0: So if it were on the blockchain, it belongs just to you, whereas if you continue to go through these OnlyFans things. But here's my other question for distribution purposes. How does that work? Because you do, they do own it. But. They're the centralized place for all of your stuff to go out. So you just say using the OnlyFans example, someone who's creating content, whether it's like video or imagery, like if it is on blockchain, how does that work? Like do you have to set up your own like distribution system? And how how do you do that?
1: No, I mean you can still share it. Like anybody can still see what the NFT is. Or, you know, there's also for something somebody like, let's take, let's talk about like you know, digital sex workers, people that are creating like not safe for work content. Like there is an opportunity where in a utility behind NFTs where you can create what's called a generative token. So it can be sold as like, you know, it's just kind of a, a, a black box say. And the person who buys it can then unlock that content and once they, but they can unlock it if they don't own it and they can see the actual, like the actual photograph or whatever behind it. Um, or you can have something that changes. So, like, I have a vision at some point where I think a musician is going to come out and say, you know, here is an NFT. This NFT is going to evolve. And every time I, you know, create a new song, it's going to be like it's going to become part of this nft so the owner of that is going to hear that song before anybody else in the world i mean now they can go and leak it on soundcloud or youtube or whatever but like ultimately so what it's just marketing for that musician who's going to release it that's like my thing i'm like leak it but there's so much pot there's so much possibility in what you can create just like using the code using the metadata behind an NFT.
0: And so it's almost like an open subscription. You as the consumer buy that black box or subscription or whatever, and you're just continually getting fed whatever's new from the artist or whatever. And, and the artist makes 100% of whatever's being.
1: Yeah. And and also then if, so for, for you, for example, like say you wanted to use an NFT as like a different distribution for like Uh, Content or like a like a blog almost or a website. Mm. You know, we are seeing a lot of. I'm seeing a lot of creators who are utilizing their like close friends story, and they're kind of selling these subscriptions to their close friends story to add people to it. But imagine you use an NFT like that. So when people buy that NFT, they go to a uh, website where they get to input their email or something, and you're going to send them um, unique content or you're going to send them content before anybody else, or you're going to spend them special offers or opportunities to participate in different community engagements that you have, or go to speaking events. Like there's a lot that can be done as far as like community building for that. But if I buy that NFT and that subscription, and then I'm like, okay, like, I don't, I'm like, I love you, Sunny, but I'm too, like, I'm too busy. I'm going to sell this. Or your brand, like, becomes even more explosive. I can sell that. And then you Mm -hmm. still get a secondary
0: market sale. So the difference is, is, whereas now you're just buying the subscription, say from Patreon and you can either cancel, if you, you can then sell it as the buyer at some point and make money. Yeah, It's it's like a continuous chain of transactions.
1: Yeah, as the creator can set, which I don't think this is possible on OnlyFans or Patreon, but you can actually drive your own value of your brand by saying, I'm only going to sell 10 of these.
0: And yeah, yeah, that's interesting to me. And talking with a friend about this, he mentioned that and how, like, especially with artists, that exclusivity has that appeal sometimes. Like I'm only one of 10 people who heard this song first yeah. or whatever. So yeah. that's, but do you get paid in all crypto? Like, right.
1: It would be, I mean, you would initially be paid in. Which is
0: good these days.
1: Yeah, yeah and you can like a lot of people are kind of keeping their their ethereum that they're making in their mm-hmm. digital wallets because we're seeing so much growth and so much you know change i mean there's like you, i'm sure you've seen like the memes of like buy the dip buy the dip like it's good to oh my god this is not financial advice
0: <laughs> but you i'm open yeah. to it you're smarter than me
1: but i think like you know a lot of people there are these like cultural moments, like, look at what happened with um, GameStop. And like, that was being in Wall Street bets, like that was being pumped by like a community and kind of like this secret message. Like, imagine if, you know, Wall Street bets, the Reddit page actually had sold membership to their um, kind of their their community as an NFT. And then people who owned that were like, if you want to know what we're talking about, like what's pumping right now, like I'm going to sell my, my membership for five times as much.
0: I mean, it is just like, as soon as you start talking, it's just like a, a house of mirrors. It's just like everything opens up in ways. I personally feel like on our side of things, like content creation, artists, people, like I keep saying you deal in the intangibles, I just feel like this is an explosive opportunity to 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 expand so oh my gosh okay we're gonna do a quick lightning round before we go because I want to make sure I'm like Professor Sunny today that people are walking away with just a final understanding so I'm gonna throw these terms out there one more time just a quick explanation of what they are and then I want to end Carson with some good pointers from you on websites to go to read more about this if you want to start on Some of those uh, marketplaces and like browsing what's out there putting something up so here we go lightning round nft once again quick description
1: an nft is just a certificate of ownership or sale for a digital asset
0: digital asset okay and the blockchain
1: blockchain is basically just a system a data system of
0: computers (laughs) okay and crypto
1: Crypto. Oh, God, that's a big one. Crypto is, I guess, different things, but really anything that's happening via um, Internet and blockchain.
0: Um, and cryptocurrency the- in particular is that's, that's cryptocurrency
1: that. is, a, is a decentralized finance that you that is exchanged and sold through the blockchain.
0: Okay. And what, what other like hot button terms am I missing here? I feel like people want to know what all of those things are, but what else are we missing?
1: Um, Metaverse is probably something that I said a lot. And the metaverse is, you know, the most technical term, just a 3d environment where people are gathering. But this, my like empathetic definition of it is that it's, it's a world, it's a future that, that is digitally driven and that promotes kind of community and social connection and understanding and growth.
0: I just feel like one day we're going to be completely melded, like head to phone, head to like everything you're talking about, interacting in this space, um, finding value and artwork and connection digitally. I mean, it all is trending toward us physically being apart, but digitally being together. I don't know. It's a little scary for me. It is
1: scary. It is scary. But there is this, you know, I've as the world has been opening up, I've gotten the opportunity to like have some of these like NFT meetups And it's so like, it's so meaningful and it's like, the relationships were built like through this like bonding experience and through this education and this technology, but we're still going out into the world and now we're like hugging and we're becoming best friends and we're like having other conversations. Like we're talking about our love lives and we're talking about our family history and our trauma and like all of the stuff that you do with your friends. But, you know, it really reminds me of like, I I think like the, the key takeaway here. And like one thing that I, I want people to understand is that, you know, we're already using this kind of this theory and this technology, like what we need to just do is just like kick it up a notch. And, you know, if, if people are, are listening or people are watching that have kids that that play or they themselves like play Minecraft or Fortnite or Roblox, Mm -hmm. like, you're like, that's an expression, that's like an engagement and participation of the metaverse and those goods like that, the, the, the things that they are building there, the things that they are, you know, kind of exchanging and buying in game, like those themselves are essentially just like a, that's a digital asset, that's a digital good. And what an NFT is, is just a, it will allow them to then resell that. Or to take it, you know, across platforms or across metaverses. Like we're already doing it. <laughs> every parent, it just clicked
0: for every parent. They're like Roblox, yes. And my son is like, I gotta buy this bow and arrow in the whatever in the hunting game. I'm like, whatever, dude. Here's ten bucks. Yeah, and but, don't okay. take
1: me out of that because, like, I think the the future of the internet is being built by game developers, and it's really like they're they're they're. I think. A couple of years ago you know they're really before like the um kind of the TikTok gamer houses kind of explosion where people actually started making gaming their careers mm-hmm. um there was this stigma and this fear that like what we just talked about like oh my gosh like yeah. they're, they're only inside they're not they need to go out into the world like i even like roasted my little sister at the beginning of this recording but like really truly like those that's how community got like that's how they were building community and Mm -hmm. some of those kids whose parents feared that they were you know missing out on life opportunities and skills are the top earners and competitive esports you know professionals in the world right now and the top earners like we need to be okay with and like let go of this like belief that if we're interacting digitally, whether that's through gaming, whether that's through text, Snapchat, through Zoom, that we are gonna miss opportunities to um, actually live our our human experience because we're not, we're actually going to create more opportunities. I truly believe that.
0: It almost enhances the existence in, in the physical sphere to have that digital connection too. I think anyone with you know, any social media can can okay. sign off on that for sure. If it's used the right way, it can enhance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, final, final question. Tell us, Carson, some good places to go if we're interested in dipping our toes in in this world.
1: Well, I think there's definitely, so there's a couple of websites um, that are really building, uh, that are the like kind of leading marketplaces for this. And they have really awesome like blog posts. So one is openc.io um, S-E-A.
0: Open S-E-A.
1: Yep, yeah, And okay. I can send to you and you can include some links in the description, but also foundation, um, they, foundation, I think.io. They have a lot of really awesome blog posts too foundation.app. Uh, they have a lot of great blog posts as well. You know, I try to, I've been trying to create the more of my own content around this, but um, obviously it's really hard between like, also I'm still kind of living my human experience on social media, but um, I'm happy to point people in any direction too. My DMs are always open on. on, Yes.
0: Tell us where to find you.
1: Carson Daly on all
0: platforms d-a-r-l-y yeah and it's k-a-r-s-e-n yes daily okay yes. you are a light you are a wealth of information carson i'm really grateful for you for bringing this down to earth for us
1: oh i'm so grateful for you to just give me this platform and opportunity and and i really like you're like you're leading by like just having me here because it's so it's so important and i'm so passionate about it so
0: Thank you. I'm sure. I hope to speak with you again. And when I start to like get my little um, world up running online, my little empire, my crypto yes, empire, my mother I'm using the word right here. Right. Cool. Right. Thank, Thank you. First. Thank you. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of We Gotta Talk. If you don't mind, I would love if you can leave a rating and review those help this show to get out to people who might find it useful or entertaining. I'm so grateful for your support. Please follow on Instagram at Sunny Abada or check out our latest blog post at wegotatalk.com slash blog. See you next time.